Hey guys, Adam from Splendid Sports, and welcome to episode number 19 of 3 and 3. I'm joined by John. He goes by 3D80s Kid on YouTube. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Um, if this is someone's first time catching a 3 and 3, what we're going to do is we're going to do some hobby talk, but we're also going to um, look at three of we, we try to keep it to three, but, the, you know, there's there's been some rule breaking lately. But the idea is three of your favorite cards in your collection. And then we're going to look at three of the cards on your want list and we'll talk about why and so forth. But before we get to anything, I, uh, I have to get something out of the way. I uh, am, a, am a terrible hobby friend because you sent me a wonderful Christmas card. It's February 16th. And I am just now, um, I figured I'd wait till we, we do this, but that's really not a, a good excuse. But you sent me a wonderful Christmas card with some great notes in it. Um, and you also sent me two awesome cards. I want to show them here from maybe my favorite basketball set ever, uh, 1981 tops. And we got uh, Cedric Maxwell here, the 1981 finals MVP. John, you you are they they didn't beat the Lakers that year. I think that was the 76ers. But I yes. know you're you grew up a Lakers fan, right? Well, I think it was the Rockets in the finals, but um Yeah, Rockets and then with, 70, uh, yeah. Moses Malone. Yep. Rockets and then um 80 1984, they won again. And this guy made a big steal against the Lakers. Mr. ML Carr, great as you put in your Christmas card, he was a great towel waver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the image you always see of him on the bench uh, on that team. So, yeah. But I, I just want to thank you. That was really nice of you. Uh, again, I love these cards are awesome. These are cards that you ha you've had or you had in your collection since you were like 10, you said? Yeah, I believe I bought the complete set in 1984. It was uh, when Pacific Trading Cards was a card distributor before they ever tried making their own cards. I ordered it from at their catalog that was out of uh, Tacoma, Washington. I was in Northern California at the time. And uh, yeah, I had the option of that full set or the previous year. And I wanted to play with the cards. So I wanted full, you know, full set. I didn't want triple cards with these little tiny things. So yeah, so I had a, a full set of 81, 82 uh, for, I believe, $20. So wow. That that's a set that uh, obviously the the Larry Bird the Magic Johnson that's their first solo cards, uh, yeah. But a lot of the cards too. I mean, they've really from that set have climbed in price. Um, you know, obviously in higher grade it gets oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, it's I think it's just a set that I just love the look of it, and it's great to have two more Celts that I don't I never had these cards. So uh, again, thank you so much, and it You're really welcome. means a lot to me. Not only the cards, but to know that you know where they came from and how long you had them in your collection. It's uh, special to me. So thank you again. You're welcome. All right. So uh, only a, a little late on that. Thank you. But um, that's something I got to get a hold of for maybe next year. Cause I've, I've never been like a Christmas card guy or anything. Um, so, but I, I know a lot of people in the sports card hobby here on YouTube do that. So I gotta, I gotta step my game up for next year. I, I had no idea either until uh, picker Jim wanted to send me something and then got that ball rolling and, uh, I had never sent a Christmas card in my life and I sent uh, like 14 this year. So, 
Well, you're good at it here. So uh, very good, good Christmas card. You said, thank you so much. Now, um, before we get into the cards, I just want to talk a little bit about your channel. Um, you, well, how long has your channel been around as far as like the sports card content on it? Uh, well, it, uh, my first ever video of any kind was August 28th of 2022. So we're at five months or so. So, uh, had never made a video of any kind before that. So pretty and, new. Yeah. And I see you, I mean, I see all over the place, people mentioning your channel in their videos, mentioning you, I, you're a great commenter. And I've heard you say this, that, you know, your goal really for being on YouTube was just to connect with people. And I know you've met a, a local hobby friend in uh, Adam Vintage Sanctuary. Uh, he was actually, he, we were working on doing this anyway, but he was nice enough to mention you during our three and three with him. Uh, so it seems like you're, you're accomplishing your goal that you had, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just got together again this last Saturday because the there's a monthly uh, show that's in Portland that we meet up at. And uh, besides him, there's about a dozen or so of us that have gotten together to form a group chat even that is like frequently uh, active. So love it. it. It's nice. Now you, I, I uh, again, I know from your channel, but those maybe who haven't seen your channel, you are you exclusive to SGC? At this point, great. Uh, yes. Uh, at this point, moving forward, uh, I, I'm really about all collecting for my wall display. And I am not interested in Frankenstein collection and like it all to look the same. So uh, except for the uh, sparse amount of uh, cards I got uh, when I first came back into collecting I was doing basketball, and the only thing available was HGA. So mm -hmm. other than a few of those, uh, it's pretty much uh, consistently uh, SGC on the wall. So, is it is it wrong to say I like the SG? Or excuse me, the HGA labels. Like that looked really good to me. I know no. I know they're not they're not the most credible grading company, but from just a a looks perspective, that was really nice looking. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it they look great, and as far as the actual uh, acrylic, I would say they're right behind uh, CSG as far as having a nice looking acrylic as well. Um, but like even this card here that I had in a previous VR for beautiful cards, the uh, label just blends so nicely with that. And wow. it just makes it look great. Yep. So Kevin Durant rookie card. Yeah. Nice. I bet, I bet those are going up in value. Not that you probably care that much, but it seems like uh, he's been, since he got traded to the Suns, things are looking a little up for him as far as his cards. <laughs> probably, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't even pay attention to, to value unless I ultimately decide I don't want to look at something on my wall anymore. And then I might look and see what it's worth. So. Makes sense. Well, well, we'll go more into, I want to talk a little more about SGC, but let's get rolling. If you're ready, let's get started with card number one on your three of your favorite list. All right. Well, uh, uh, to start out, uh, when I first got into vintage, I had decided uh, that I wanted to get a Willie Mays card. Uh, my dad, uh, the, you know, that was his favorite player growing up. And... Um, 
being in Northern California, the Giants were the team. Uh, I looked through different uh, selections of which one looked the, the best to me, as well as a combination of affordability. Uh, for me, the uh, 50s ones uh, seemed a little steep. Uh, the ones that look really nice, like your, like, you know, I like how 54 and 56 look, but uh, ultimately uh, this guy here was what I decided upon. 1960 tops. 1960 tops, yes. And that was uh, my original purchase was actually only a PSA 1.5 and it had uh, quite a few uh, creases in it. So eventually I decided to upgrade that one. But this is what got me rolling and continued on for my collecting of Hall of Famers in 60 Tops as well. Uh, besides the kickoff to what's become a, a Willie Mays collection as well. So kind of got me going with uh, two of my favorites in one card there. So, And, and by the way, for those, um, it, this does go out as a podcast too. So for people that might just be listening audio, John has an awesome uh, 1951 Bowman Willie Mays rookie card t-shirt. So I just want to draw attention to that baby right there. That's beautiful right there. Yeah, the only one I can currently afford. Yeah. <laughs> same same with most people. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But right that, now my Willie Mays run behind me only goes starting at 58. Uh, I haven't delved back into the New York years just yet. But uh well, both of those cards, um, the 51 Bowman and the 60 Tops, you just showed horizontal cards. I've heard, you know, some people like don't like them or they they stay away from horizontal cards, which uh, I'm totally the opposite. I love horizontal cards. I mean, they they're for me, they're just as collectible and I enjoy looking at them. It Maybe a little harder to just dis to display or, you know, put in a binder or whatever. But um, for me, I some of my best cards and my most favorite cards ever our horizontal cards. Oh yeah, they, they can look great. Uh, it's just a different way to display this out. I mean, that's one of the things I love about this design where you've got the extra shot over here as long as, as well as the big head shot. I mean, I love the, the alternating letters, uh, the logo. I mean, 60 tops is a great design with the horizontal, so. Love it. All right, let's go for your second card. Of your favorites. All right. Um, once I collected the cards I wanted in 60 Tops, I was looking around to figure out where else could I go uh, as far as a little bit back in time to capture some more Hall of Famers that might not be available in the 60 set. And uh, the moment I saw this card, I was in love and have fallen in love with a lot of cards in this set now since then. And that would be the 53 Bowman color. This is Roy Campanella. Beautiful. So great looking SGC four, just like the last one, SGC four. Those are both of those cards you've showed from an eye appeal perspective, look higher than the grade, in my opinion, just from obviously looking at it from this angle here. <laughs> those are great looking cards. Yeah. And, I mean, the key for me ultimately for condition is not edges, not corners, uh, not even centering. Uh, it's it's all about the photo to me, the the clarity of the picture, and that's that's my focus. That I want the 
the best bargain I can find where the picture is gorgeous. So yeah, because you know, with the centering thing, uh, you know, it gets talked about a lot, and it just has to do with what you enjoy looking at. But even at, you know, off-centered cards, that's the way they came out of the pack, right? So yeah. it's not, it's just that's how they are in their natural form. Um, so yeah, I see all ends of it, and I. I agree with you there. I mean, if you have a blurry photo and it's, or you have like snowing or whatever, it does ruin the card. So um, I hear you on that. Cause like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and show another card. So, so the other one in the set I just recently picked up, I haven't actually shown this on my own channel yet. Ooh. Is be. this, that is only a two, but it is hard to find this card where the picture is clear, even in higher grades. That's the Bob Feller, right? And that's a um, so 53 Bowman, Bob Feller, and SGC2. Great, like you said, great clarity, great image on that. Yeah. And that was what I was hunting for. And uh, I've seen this one sell in higher grades where the picture was blurry and it costs more. So, God, what an awesome photo. I mean, yeah. You know, that's one of those cards that until I just looked at it, like I, I think I've seen it before and I've known of it, but. Just now looking at that, it's just like, wow, what a great photo of Bob Feller on that card. Like, like so many in that set of 53 Bowman. So cool. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, let's go number three. Technically four, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, this one, once again, centering was not important. And this is where part of my collecting is uh, I'm not going to stick to strict rules ever. And if I find something that I can opportunistically acquire within my budget, that is awesome. I'm just going to do it. And when this card came available, it was an opportunity to have one where the picture is gorgeous. And if it wasn't in the condition it's in, which you'll see in a second, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Oh, nice. <clears throat> 56 tops, Ted Williams, SGC 2.5. And I feel like the grade is purely because of how off center to the point of being, you know, a miscut this card is. The picture is gorgeous. Yeah, it is. So there's no way I could afford this one better centering with that picture quality. So. Right. Smart. I like it, man. That's classic card. Now, if being that you collect, you know, pretty strictly SGC, if they ever came out with a registry, would you, would that be something that you would like make it more enjoyable for you? Would, would you participate in something like that? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, if I used it for any purpose, it would just be maybe to keep track of my own cards with an easier database rather than having Excel spreadsheets. But um, I, I, to me, uh, it seems like the, the PSA folks uh, makes them spend more money than they would otherwise. Yes, <laughs> you, you are right on that. Absolutely. And, and I'm guilty of it. Not not as to a large of a degree as some people, but, you know, with the players I collect, I, I definitely I like to do the SG, uh, excuse me, the PSA registry. 
it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, because you don't, you don't win any money or like, there's no, there's not, there's no pride. I don't know. Maybe they give prizes. I've, I've never given, gotten anything. Um, or I don't even think they give much recognition. Like once in a while, I'll see like a article in their magazine about a PSA registry person, but I don't think they do a great job of um, promoting it really at this point or highlighting a lot of the collectors in it on social media. I mean, if you think about the psychology of, are, like, are you on any of a, are you on Instagram with sports cards or Twitter or anything like that? I tried Instagram and it just wasn't my speed. And I, I have too much time on YouTube already. So yeah, I would well, much rather spend my time uh, watching other people's videos and commenting. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the psychology is cool because it's like to look at it, basically what it is, is especially Instagram. Um, is people just posting for the most part posting their cards and then everyone going oh nice awesome you know complimenting them and um, if you think about it the PSA or these other grading companies they could really leverage that more because like people are really I mean why they're doing that is they want to be recognized I mean let's face it they, they otherwise they wouldn't post it they want to post cards so they can be recognized by other collectors and there's nothing wrong with that um, but I never see like PSA or any any of these like CSG for the most part. I don't see them like promoting collectors on their registry. Um, they how hard would it be to like highlight one collector every day or once a week on social media and you know with their consent, obviously. But sure. I don't see too many collectors that wouldn't want that. I mean, they're doing that anyway, right? They're doing it for for any <laughs> for just like on their own free time. Um, I think I think the registry thing. It's 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 popular but it could be even more popular if these companies got a little smarter with how they market it and how they they do it you know how do they operate it but that, that's just my two cents on it yeah i mean ultimately for me my collection is about making me happy to look at it on my wall i, I don't care about the value i uh, i like the photos to be nice on the cards but you know, I have uh, things uh, silly like uh, Mr. Rogers on my wall. Nice. Because <laughs> it makes me happy. Mr. So, Rogers SGC 8.5. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is from a hockey set, uh, 91, 92 pro set platinum. See, John, if you were if you were in a registry with that, with SGC, you could be the number one ranked Mr. Rogers collector in the world. <laughs> How cool would that make you feel? Uh <laughs> I think it would be just as cool as I feel right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, SGC, if you're listening, I still think it's a good idea to get a registry, even though John might not be big on it. I think it would help your business. Um, CSG does it. Just a thought. I think I think uh, it's been said before, but I think SGC is really missing the boat with no registry, especially for vintage. Look at all these, you know, one, one other side note that I was thinking about, right? Um, if I'm a if I'm a grading company, maybe I'm wrong, but do you not want like there's all these graded cards out there? Do you not want people to cross over to your company? Like I, if I was owning a grading company, I would want as many cool cards in my company slabs as possible. Um, I just don't I don't think they are like if if I was running the company, I would do specials for hey send me your S, your CSG slab and we'll we'll cross it over. Now obviously. If it's going to cross over, it's going to cross over. There's going to be no like um, foul play or anything. They're not going to grade it just to cross it over. But um, if it meets the requirements, I would I would want to incentivize people more to move 
their slabs into my company slabs. I don't see a lot of that going on either. That I mean, that that's just my thinking. That's one way you could you could get get more market shares by um, having specials for crossovers. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they don't want to have a lot of those. I don't know. Well, I have crossed over a couple cards. So, you have, what? What? Uh, it was from what company to SGC? I assume, right? Uh, yeah, I was actually gifted a uh, PSA four Ernie Banks from the Tops uh, 60, 60 Tops by uh, Adam Vintage Sanctuary, and uh, I crossed it over to SGC and got a five. So, so oh, so four. It went from a four to a five. Yeah, because you know you know how he picks cards with great yeah. appeal. So. SGC awesome. gives it gives a boost to that. So did now did you crack it out or did you send it in with already like in the slab still? I just sent it directly in the slab because you know I didn't care about the number on the slab. So see that that's what I don't want to like because I have a few cards. Uh Dylan and I are gonna do a episode here in a few days. I think we're gonna do it live, all about grading. And one of the one of the things I'm gonna mention is I have a few cards in slabs like that I want to use for the PSA registry, which I know it's crazy, but I want to move them from like an SGC slab. One's a CSG. I want to move them over to PSA just because I, you know, I need them to like complete a run and so forth all in the same slabs. But part of me knows that if I send like one's an SGC eight, um, if I just send them the slab, like what are the odds that PSA is going to go? Oh yeah, that, that will cross to a PSA eight. I feel like I have a better chance if I crack it out, but I don't want to do that. It shouldn't be that way, but everything I, I just watched a video today, sports card investor. He he was talking about um, you know, he's every every card he's ever tried to cross over, like BGS 9.5 to a PSA 10, he's like oh forever. It's never crossed over when he sends the the slabs, but when he cracks them out, way higher percentage of crossovers. I just I don't know, that rubs me really badly. I don't I, I hate that 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 bias is out there for these grading companies. They're like, Oh, it's an SGC eight. It could never be a PSA eight. Cause we like, when did it become, we're the best. Cause we grade the strictest. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. It's like they're uh, propagating a rig system is what it feels like. But, Sorry. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean to go on a big rant, but I was thinking a lot about that today. Cause it's yeah. something that I want to do, but I just wish I felt better about just sending them the slab and feel and feel like I would get, the fair, whatever the fair grade is, that's what I would get. But I don't feel that way. And I don't think that's a good thing for the industry. I, I know most people feel that way. Anyway, um, okay. that's that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk <laughs> about that anymore. All right, so what we're gonna do now, I have card ladder ready to go. John sent me three of his favorites, uh, excuse me, three of his on his want list. Um, I guess you'd say favorites on his want list. The first one is, not surprising, a Willie Mace card. Uh, let me pull this up here. Okay. So what we have here, this is a recent one that sold. So I brought this one up. This is a 1957 tops Willie Mays. And this is the SGC 5.5. This one just sold on one of my favorite marketplaces, my slabs on February 6th for, uh, 525 bucks. So this is, this is it, right? And that is not the marketplace I play in. Um, so when I'm looking for a card like that, I'm probably more like a two is, is what I'm trying to find the diamond that's out there where the picture still looks great. It might have some creases, but they're in the corners so they don't affect the picture. And, um, you know, something that still looks great up on my wall. 
Yeah, and this is for me. This would this is a five and a half that I don't even think looks that great. You know, as far as a five and a half goes, I would, I would want maybe something even if I'm going five or six grade, I'd probably want something a little you know a good image, but pretty pretty uh, I don't know offset or whatever you want to call it there. So, but overall, I love this card of Willie Mays. I love I love cards where it's like a player has the bat in his hands or something like that. I just feel like this is a great maybe one of the best Willie Mays images on a card for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I really like that one as well. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of signifies I'm starting my pathway backwards. Uh, I know it's going to be a long pathway because once you get to 53 and 52 and beyond, and, you know, even if I ever got a 51 Bowman, uh, those are pricey, so. You're going to get it. You're going to get a 51 Bowman someday. Yeah. When, when my kids are all in the house and my budget is a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, we got, we got many years ahead of us for collecting. So there's plenty of time for that, but you'll get it. Uh, all right. So great choice there. Let me pull up the next one here. It is now this is a classic card too. Uh, 1956 tops Jackie Robinson. Pull this baby up. Uh, let me find, let me find a nice SGC one again for you here that really sold here. All right. So this one, all right, this one, um, this is a SGC three that recently sold. Let me see, uh, eBay, February 13th for 460 bucks. What a card. Yeah, that's a nice one. Cause, um, I'm actually uh, looking, uh, trying to pair it because uh, I just got a card this last weekend. That's uh, this guy here, and I figured those would be a great pairing. Pee Wee Reese, fifty-six tops, four and a half SGC. Yeah, that's a great. Oh, look at that card. So, yep. uh, I'm I'm with Dave Blue Jacket sixty-six in the camp. That I'm not a fan of that fifty-three Bowman color. So. So this is what I chose to represent Pee Wee Reese in my collection. So now is that the same photo that that got you like the runner slide into second? Is that the same photo from 53 Bowman? No, this one looks <laughs> real. I got it. All uh, right. Yeah, that's an awesome card. Yeah, my problem with that 53 Bowman is that it just looks too fake to me. Now it's a guy the guy laying in the dirt and him jumping in the air. So <laughs> It, uh, it's got a lot of hype around it for sure. Uh, I, I do like that card, but I understand. Um, but this card, Jackie Robinson. Now I saw, I read that uh, this is actually the photo was him. He's, this is him stealing home. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Uh, which he did uh, quite a few times. So yeah, this was because I guess the picture, the way they could like tag it back to a photo was 45 as a picture. Um you know, I, I don't know. I know his name, but I can't think of it. But anyway, it's a picture so they could kind of figure out the, the game it was from and him stealing home, which, you know, that for me, that adds even a cooler element to this card. Not only is it Jackie Robinson's last last card, um, you know, last tops card that it's it's just him stealing home. That's awesome. I mean, it's just such a cool card. Absolutely. So love that one. All right. And then last one here is another Iconic card, 1953 tops. Satchel Page, awesome card here. Let's find it in uh, 
SGC if we can. There you go. All right. So here's a uh, SGC one that recently sold off of eBay, 410 bucks. Obviously, you know, some, some condition issues, but with this card, hey, get, you take what you can get, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was figuring this would be a, a longer way out on this one. Uh, and yeah, I'd probably be in the neighborhood of trying to find a one that looks good or a 1.5 maybe. So, yeah, because he's only got really three like mainstream cards from the Leaf, uh, 49 Leaf. 49 Bowman and then the 53 tops here. So this is, this is his only tops card though. So that's very special. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's the other two are way more, more than I would want to spend. I mean, yeah, it'd be nicer to have them in the Cleveland uniform rather than the St. Louis Browns, but this is still a great card. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I heard you mention, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that you look at with, um, you know, these vintage players is the really you, you can explain it better, but uh, essentially you can't really evaluate, in your opinion, players fully um, if they didn't play in a fully integrated league like they did, you know, starting like what did you say? The, the 60s were really, in your opinion, the, the golden decade, because that's when the league became fully integrated or. Oh, whatever. yeah. Whatever your take was on that. The team to integrate with the Boston Red Sox in 1959. So yeah. until then, I mean, and even, you know, during the 50s, there was unspoken quotas pro of how many colored players you could have on your team type of thing. Uh, you know, the same thing existed in the other sports as well. I mean, you look at those old NBA rosters and they have like two guys that are black on the team. And it was clearly a quota system that they couldn't have too many because they didn't, they were scared of losing the fans. But um, so it wasn't until the sixties where the floodgates opened because you had uh, especially those Dodger teams dominating when they didn't have a quota. So, uh, and everybody, uh, you know, ultimately wants to win. So, uh, and then besides that, then you have the Latin invasion that was in full effect by the sixties and then it predates then the popularity of other sports. Uh, you know, you have uh, Joe Namath uh, with his, uh, you know, we're going to win versus the Colts that really sparked the popularity of football with the, uh, you know, the merger with the AFL NFL and football becomes just as prominent as baseball. I would say by the eighties, You've got guys like John Elway threatening to go to baseball, but wants to ultimately stay in football. You've got, you know, Bo Jackson choosing uh, football primarily. He wanted to, if the Buccaneers didn't screw him over. But, uh, uh, and then, you know, Magic and Bird in the 80s rose the NBA up to the prominence where by the 90s, then people are going to opt for the NBA. So, um you know. Do you collect any magic at this point? Uh, well, I have the 8182 card, and then I just got his um, one of the cheaper versions of the the three uh, three on a card rookie. Uh, oh yeah. So, um, which is in a HGA horizontal slab. Um, 
Which I think I have right here on the desk somewhere. Yeah, right here. So. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, man, I like that. That's, man, those horizontal slabs too. HGA, HGA grading company, it's tough. It's tough to break through, but they had a really good idea with, with those. I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, if they wouldn't have blown away their credibility, they had a chance to really be one of the major players. But Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a cool card. All right. Well, uh, at the end of these, John, I like to throw it out. If, if you have uh, another YouTube channel that you'd like to mention that I could put on my list for future three and three, um, I know you've, you've seen a bunch of them, but maybe someone that I haven't discovered yet or a channel that I haven't had on for three and three yet. If you got it. Yeah. So uh, I know um, you just had Matt and Ty on there and they mentioned a couple channels I would have brought up. Uh, but besides that, uh, there's also uh, Sammy at SFI Sports Cards. Yep. Um, uh, Joe for Soft Corners. Um, who else have you not? I've got, I've got more folks. One second. Uh, there's almost never-ending channels now, which is great. I could keep doing these oh, for a long time. <laughs> last one I'll throw out there, Dave, Legends of the Dugout. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great choices. Thank you. I got, I'll be putting those on the list if they're down, if they're interested. So, John, uh, any last words before we take off here? Uh, well, I... I'm not, uh, I would say don't let others influence you based off of money. It, it, let them influence you based off of uh, love of cards. So, you know, I've been influenced, uh, like personally, uh, Picker Jim, he sent me the card I saw originally in his video that led me to collecting cards of my uh, people with my last name. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, this should all be fun. It's, uh, I, I hate how much the money has taken over to me. The money is just an obstacle to the cards I can purchase. So that's true. Yeah. And, and the word influence, it has kind of a, a, a negative connotation, but I agree with you that it doesn't have to be like, I, I, since I've been on YouTube, I've been influenced very positively. And like you said, it, it's not about money with that it but um just influencing is can also be uh inspiration right inspiring yeah. you know, seeing cards that i hadn't seen or or thinking about things that i hadn't thought about that's influence and um it could be a very positive thing so i totally agree with you there i think that's very smart oh yeah uh, and even uh, your uh tv partner there uh dylan uh when i went on his uh best of the 60s design uh panel it really inspired me to start uh, collecting some oddballs, at least with my Willie Mays collection too. And, you know, I was rigidly stuck in the, the tops lane. So. Yeah. Because I mean, before I came out of my cocoon with sports cards um, a, a couple of years ago, you know, like everything else in life, you become better when you learn from other people, you know, you, you get influenced by other people positively. You, you take the positive and, you know, certain things that, 
hey, that wouldn't work for me or whatever it is with your job or, or anything. Um, with sports cards, it's the same thing. You know, I, I just, when I was doing it myself, you know, it's just, it, it, it's like night and day now where I am so, I'm so enlightened, really. I, I feel like with sports cards and the connections that I've made with people, it's like, it's so much better. I was never in the hobby. I look back and I was like, I was just a, I was a card collector, but I wasn't in the hobby. Um, and oh, yeah. there's a difference between that. And I would say anybody that enjoys watching these video types of videos on YouTube that's not making their own, give it a shot. It's it opens up a whole new world, and, and it's it's a lot of fun. So, totally agree. Well said, John. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking the time. This was a lot of fun, and thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate it, and be back with another one pretty soon. Thanks for having me, Adam. You got it. All right.